Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two speechless minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. I'm also speechless. <laughs> Hi, also speechless. Thanks for coming back. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the rare moments in a in our podcast where we don't, even two minutes at a time, this is, we, we don't even have any discussion, any uh, no lines of dialogue at all in this Yeah. Episode. This might be a little bit of a shorter app. <laughs> uh, going to tell us all about, about uh, traditional Okinawan funerals, though, I bet. Oh, I can't wait. I, <laughs> well, I, I got a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, today we're talking about minutes 44 to 46 of the Karate Kid Part 2. They begin with a Miyagi memorial, and they end with uh, it ends with Daniel joining Miyagi in his grief. Mm. And we pick up where we left off on Monday with the death of Mr. Miyagi. Oh, wait, not that, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> yeah, make sure you clarify. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Mel, there's something... Uh, Robin um, got an alternate cut of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. he trains with Sato from here on out, Daniel. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, Mel, you actually uh, mentioned something between podcasts that uh, you wanted to mention about uh, the death of uh, Miyagi Sr., <laughs> Oh, yeah. So um, I always really like my favorite, favorite thing about movies is when a character dies with their <laughs> eyes open and then and then someone inevitably has to close their eyes with their hands. For them. And I had really wished that that had happened when Miyagi Sr. died. I was like, <gasps> when I saw that he had his eyes closed already, I was like, darn it. <laughs> so disappointed but also it was really great that he died so suddenly like after putting his their hands together he just dropped he's just like bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> i love that too i mean <laughs> it's super sad but it's also like he just kind of collapses and uh that's it his it last just, breath was to put these two guys together it was just too perfect and yeah. really like an impossible wish like nobody ever respects a dead person's wish <laughs> Nobody. It's true. <laughs> Look into it. You'll see. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, I, maybe in like TV and movies and stuff, but I don't know if I've personally experienced like. I feel like uh, so many families get broken up just when a person dies. It doesn't matter if they have a will. Like, I don't know. They yeah. Just kind of, they just all end up fighting. And, yeah. Mm. It's lovely. <laughs> People just fight over the scraps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Kumiko is comforting uh, Yukie, who's crying, and I was just like, and of course Yukie would be taking this the hardest. Like, by all accounts, I think she's the only one that's probably been by his side in the, his final years. Why is that? Where's her family? <laughs> yeah, I, that and like, was it? I, you know, I mean, the way that this history has been described to us is that these guys have been frozen in amber. <laughs> yeah. Since Miyagi left, just yeah. waiting for him to come back. <laughs> so, Robin, if you were like in your twenties mm. and you had like the love of your life uh, run off, would you continue hanging out with her parents for the rest of your life and taking care of them? Um, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I was like, catch. I didn't mean to genderize it, but I was just like, I was about, my first reaction was like, no, I'm a guy. Like, <laughs> like I, you know what? No, you're right. Because, and maybe culturally, that's the expectation was that 
I, but at the same time, like it's such a small town. Maybe everybody takes care maybe of everybody. Everybody takes care of each other. So I think yeah. that's the case in this in this place. Like I think they just all take care of each other because yeah, maybe they have no other. They don't have like they probably don't have nurses. The hospital is probably like an hour away at best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, like. They have to travel to Naha or something to get to the hospital. I actually saw, um, I think I saw like something about uh, like dying towns in uh, Japan. I don't know if we ever talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Did we? Uh, no, I was taking a drink. Sorry. You said, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> no, it was more like there a carry on. <laughs> so there was a lady. I'm listening. There was a lady that. Uh, where everybody, almost everybody had moved out of the town and it was just elderly people left and mm. she kind of got lonely. So she decided to start making all these dolls, uh, these lifelike dolls to like hang out in the city. Mm. Or not, it wasn't a city, it was like a village. And she propped them up in poses and yeah, all over the place. So it's a really creepy village of dolls. They look, they look pretty lifelike. And then when you look closer, you're like, oh God, they have button eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not the button eyes. I'll have to send you that video, Robin. And there's oh. a there's another video that where they were talking about just uh how people I think it was like that was a, a cultural thing in smaller towns in Japan where people really do have like a sense of community where they do things together and they take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And um they said that apparently that's why uh people from small places like Okinawa tend to live longer. Like you've heard that before, like, right. Like Japanese people tend to live longer. Apparently it's because they have a good social network. Like they have good connections with each other. That's part of it anyway. That's amazing. It's so weird how that could affect something like something socially could affect something uh, biologically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's just because you feel like you're a part of something. You feel like you have a family and you feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, uh, the, you know, like a greater, you're part of something greater than yourself. I think that adds a lot, like mental health adds a lot to your health, overall health in general. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's it makes true. sense to me. I was thinking uh, to get back to uh, UKA, like uh, I at first thought, like, did she st- like, you know, stay with Mr. Miyagi Sr.? Yeah. To like stay close to the man that she loved and got away, like you know, mm. to like she had so many good times with Mr. Miyagi that it could just <laughs> be then, a recent recent thing. Like she only like started hanging out there as yeah. his health declined, and she's like, "Hey, somebody in the village is sick. I should help out. I've got no family of my own. Nothing else better to do." <laughs> right. We don't know anything about UK's family. Thanks. Yeah. To, but, thanks uh, to a certain someone who left me at the altar. <laughs> well. <laughs> I I almost thought like maybe uh you know since Miyagi senior we heard that he is a respected town elder he helped save the town with this vegetable economy and also like that Miyagi senior didn't do it on his own he he was working with other townspeople to do this maybe maybe Yukie's father was one of these townspeople that worked with them and they were they were, they were close they were they were like family you know without uh Mr. Miyagi there. So, uh, and, and also, you know, I wonder, I wonder if they kind of bonded over the loss of, you know, our Mr. Miyagi, you know, <laughs> like yeah. he left town and they, you know, they well, I wonder what he's doing, you know, maybe talking about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, before we leave the scene, I like that Avildsen uh, takes a moment to kind of focus on Daniel, who is the title character of the of the film, <laughs> but is wisely like kind of taking the bench at this part of the story. But like you can see him sitting there thinking and and kind of feeling looking sympathetic, you know. And and you know we're gonna talk about what he what he talks about on Friday. I'm almost thinking that that's what he's thinking. Uh, he's thinking back on his own. His, his own father uh, and and his last moments there. So, but we'll get to that. Um, all right. So Riverside funeral, uh, everybody wearing ceremonial robes uh, and uh, Miyagi holds a lantern. He bows his head to the lantern and then he places it afloat in the river. And uh, then Miyagi steps aside and gestures to Daniel to do the same. I think it's a little weird that Daniel's the next person he gets to put the lantern in the river. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Sato's just sitting there glaring at him. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even Yukie. Like, come on. Uh, whatever. <laughs> All I can think of whenever I see one of these scenes is who cleans that up? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, um, yeah, I don't know who actually clears it up. I think it just kind of floats out to the ocean, right? River, all rivers end up going out to somewhere i imagine i mean you can even see it a lot of them get stuck on the shore (laughs) yeah that's true yeah i don't know uh yeah they never cover that in movies (laughs) it's like uh we never get to see the uh construction crews that come in and clean up after superhero battles except for like that spider uh, Spider spider-man homecoming (laughs) yeah uh also i just noted that uh daniel Wearing a nice white button-up, black pants, nice brown dress shoes. Looks like he was ready for a funeral. I don't know what he was thinking, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, your father's sick? Let me put my nice clothes in the suitcase. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know what? They always say that you should pack one nice outfit when you travel. Anyway, yeah. especially traveling overseas because you never know if you're going to go to a fancy restaurant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah... Uh, as, mentioned Sato. He's actually the only one there who's not in ceremonial attire. He's not wearing like a white shirt with black feet. He's like just wearing his gray suit like mm. he was wearing earlier. Yeah. Not changed. Uh, yeah. I was like, I'm I'm I've got a meeting after this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he's not he's not taking time to mourn. Uh so we transition to dusk where we can see the beauty of the floating lanterns. And now I have some stuff for you here about that. Uh, Is there information on who cleans it up? Uh, that there's no information. Dang. <laughs> but I can tell you, I can tell you this is called uh, Toro Nagashi, uh, which literally I guess translates to floating lanterns. Like lantern is Toro. Um, and I read this article, uh, I just want to shout out to the culture to give some sort of citation on this podcast now and then uh, <laughs> Toro, because it's also tuna, I believe total. What? Yeah, it is. It's fatty tuna. Yeah. I mean, English is the same. There's multiple words that are spelled the same, but mean mm. different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just picturing a bunch of fish on fire being sent down. The street. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, that would be amazing. Maybe there is fish on fire inside that lantern. We don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't know why the fish are screaming, but... They're, <laughs> they're already dead. Going along with... <laughs> it's a funeral, Robin. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, Toro Nagashi uh, is actually part of the Obon Festival. Um, oh. Every, every, yeah, it's crazy how this all lines up. Every oh. August, every August, thousands of lanterns are floated on rivers to commemorate the souls of the dead. And the lanterns are usually decorated with symbols, flowers, and even handwritten messages for the spirits. Uh, so we learned before um, that during the Obon festival, spirits uh, leave their graves to vis- visit the family shrine. And during this time, family members actually come and clean up the graves. So Toro Nagashi is the celebration at the end of Obon to start their return to the spirit world. They're guided by the lanterns down the river and out to sea. And I guess, you know, they in their belief system, all humans come from the water. Uh, so the lanterns visually represent their return to the elements. So, so yeah, it's a, um, it is a part of the, a bone. Uh, it's also known as the festival of recovery, uh, because it was originally started in 1946 to commemorate the lives lost in the U S bombings during world war two. Uh, for example, Every year in Hiroshima, there are 10,000 lanterns set afloat. So, wow, seriously. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will say this particular uh, Toro Nagashi that we're seeing here on the screen, it's actually not unusual. Uh, sorry, I mean, to quote Tom Jones in, the, in this. <laughs> it's not unusual uh, for. Uh, Families to actually hone, hold their own personal uh, ceremony at like a river close to home when they lose a loved one. So, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that it kind of ties in with the Obon Festival, but also that is something that, you know, is not, it's not unusual. It's not unusual <laughs> for, for families to do uh, themselves. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this... <laughs> being uh low on content for this week uh for this particular <laughs> set of minutes i should say there's nobody talking there are people there's long shots of beautiful shots of uh, these lanterns going down the river um but i thought i wanted to look up some of my favorite funerals or wakes from tv and movies and uh i didn't really warn you guys about this uh so uh, I don't know. Do, do any spring to mind for you? Like my number one that sprang to my mind is one I did not want to steal from you. So I'll see what you guys think. Oh no! Well. I mean, you go ahead. Really? Nothing. I Nothing mean, you you have covered in detail. Yeah, I was gonna movies? say. Yeah, Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really memorable. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Not every every day you see somebody take a swan dive into a grave on top of the uh, uh, casket. Yeah. And of course, the best part is that they cut to Shelly <laughs> describing it later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like in an insulting way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, doesn't Bobby freak out at that funeral too? He like yeah. screams. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amen. That's right. <laughs> And I apologize, you know, if you don't want to know about anybody that dies in TV and movies, you might want to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, some, like, some of these the might Laura be spoilers. Palmer one, the Laura Palmer one is like, oh. she dies right away. I have, I mean, a, I have right. a good 
runner up. Oh yeah, spoil. So yeah, spoilers. Sorry. Uh, this one's from Buffy. Uh, oh yeah. We see uh, Cordelia get run through with the metal rebar, and then we cut to a funeral, and then they let a few moments pass, and then Buffy <laughs> and I think Willow walk into frame, and they're like, "So Cordelia is going to be okay, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <totally> forgot that. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, they, do, they do the fake out with like them just walking by somebody else's funeral. <laughs> mm. uh, I actually covered Six Feet Under on a podcast ages ago called Fishercast, uh, and there are so many. But like one of the mm. most memorable ones, I think, is the the very first the very first one in the pilot with the the father dying and uh, you know. Uh, how emotional that is. And uh, there's also a character, I, I don't want to spoil, but there is a character that is is has asked for a green burial to be buried under a tree. And uh, one of the characters in the show ends up stealing this person's uh, body to go bury it the way she wanted it. Oh, I already gave away the sex of the person. Sorry. I still don't know <laughs> Eight girl dies. Six <laughs> Oh. Uh, Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan. <laughs> of all oh, the yes. souls I've encountered in my travels, his was the most human. <laughs> so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, the Office. <laughs> There's guys in the office. A bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's uh, Michael Scott finds out that his his old boss died in like this horrific car accident where uh, like, he gets beheaded, uh, <laughs> and he kind of compartmentalizes this until he finds a dead bird outside of the office and like freaks out and demands that the office do a funeral for it in the parking lot, <laughs> and so Pam sings on the wings of love while Dwight plays the recorder, and they even set the bird's little coffin on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they kind of close it with the st- uh, with with Michael Scott saying, "Grief isn't so bad. There's such a thing as good grief. Just ask Charlie Brown." <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Even his bad jokes. <laughs> uh, Parks and Rec, uh, as a whole, bye bye little Sebastian. Uh, you guys said that. Uh, if you'll ever if you'll ever watch more Parks and Rec, uh, mm-hmm. let's see what else do I have? Uh, uh, the end of the Omen. Uh, where the little boy kind of turns and smiles at the camera, kind of breaking the third wall before we go to credits. Oh, good old Damien. Uh, old school, Will Ferrell singing Dust in the Wind and screaming <laughs> my boy blue. <laughs> uh, Boromir's funeral in Lord of the Rings, where they send him down the river. Very lovely. And then they kind of have oh, is the that the one where they shoot the arrows? Yeah. Yeah, I sort of remember that. And then there's the same kind of funeral in Game of Thrones. Uh, they, can't, they keep missing with the arrows. They keep missing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, it, gets all, it gets all tense. They're, he's almost floated out of range. <laughs> yeah. get the arrow in there. Yeah. Uh, in the movie Heathers, you guys seen Heathers before? Nope. Nope. Oh, God. There's basically a teenager dies and the priest is trying to stay hip and get teens to come to church. And I, I had to get the quote because he goes, he goes, we must pray for the other teenagers of Sherwood, Ohio. Know the name of that righteous dude who can solve their problems. It's Jesus Christ. And he's in the book. <laughs> uh, live and let die. Um, there's a, uh, that basically there's like a funeral procession in new Orleans 
and this guy is like watching from the sidewalk and he asks a guy that's standing there and he's like, whose funeral is it? And the bystander goes, it's yours. And he stabs the guy with the switchblade. <laughs> and then the pallbearers just kind of lower the coffin over his body and, uh, and kind of pick him up with it. Wow. And they just kind of parade off with the guy. <laughs> Amazing. And of course, There's, uh, it was oh. it a funeral. No, it wasn't a funeral. I was going to say when uh, in Terminator three, when Arnold came out with the coffin full of guns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, close, yeah, close enough. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, I Think You Should Leave, uh, Coffin Flops, great show on Corn Cob TV. That's all, right. all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for that list. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's more. Let us know what your favorite funerals or wakes from TV and movies are in the in, in Facebook or on Twitter. Love to hear it. Um, so we go back to Miyagi. Uh, at his father's house, he's got a lantern of his own, and he's looking over an old photo of him and his dad. And little mini Miyagi is so cute in that picture. That can't be him and his dad. No, there's no way. <laughs> that guy is as old as the guy we just saw die. <laughs> and if Miyagi yeah. is like under ten, there, like that—that's got to be like a picture of Miyagi's dad as a child and his <laughs> father, great grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's Miyagi and his grandfather, and he's just kind of mixed up. Mixed <laughs> things up. That's what yeah, I, I would. There, you know, they like the the main Miyagi picture was actually a picture that was taken from uh, another uh, martial arts master. I was hoping to stumble across some sort of fun fact about that picture. Like that's, I mean, it looks like a real picture, uh, but maybe it was taken from something else. But I couldn't find anything. But. Yeah, and I mean, unless Miyagi's father was 95 when Miyagi <laughs> was born, then... <laughs> it's those Okinawan jeans, they like... <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a Benjamin Button disease or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we uh, transition to Dawn, where we see a uh, little bonsai tree in the wild growing. And uh, we back up and we see Miyagi sitting near that tree, staring out at the ocean... And then we have good boy Daniel joining him. And we're going to talk all about that scene on Friday's podcast. But Ooh, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it is time for us to float away, but please don't mourn us. We will be back on Friday for two more Karate Kid Two Minutes. Uh, please send your feedback to karatekidminute at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Just look for Karate Kid Minute. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and until next time. <sighs> that was the only audible sound in the, in the whole <laughs> <laughs>